Now, grown-ups, if you can tear yourself away from the little scene down here, I'm going to just share with you for just a few minutes this story of the road to Emmaus, I think, is one of the most powerful stories in the Bible. I love this story because it reveals a resurrected Jesus that understands us so well and is willing to help us in the way that we need help. Normally I have to preach over little children, now I have to preach over ducks. But I'm going to give it my best shot. Has it ever occurred to any of you that Jesus could have risen from the grave and rode into Jerusalem with his mighty angels to establish the truth of his resurrection and the gospel message before the masses in a particularly public, spectacular way? He could have done that. And I genuinely believe if that would have served our interests and the interests of the Father, I believe he would have done that. I believe he would have made some massive public spectacle of him being alive. But he didn't. Jesus, risen in glory, chose to reveal the truth of the resurrection to a series of his disciples in some small and special encounters. First with Mary at the tomb, and then with these two obscure followers walking seven miles to an obscure location called Emmaus. So what do you think about that? What do you think about the fact that Jesus chose to do things in such a small way? In such a, a, a small and intimate way. He didn't reveal himself to the enormous crowds in Jerusalem and set Jerusalem in uproar. What kind of Jesus would you have liked to see? If you'd written the story, how would your story go? Right now, this morning, maybe the question is, what kind of resurrected Jesus do you need? Well, I want to argue that the most powerful resurrected Christ we could hope for is the one we read about in the scriptures. One that we can all relate to. The story begins with these two guys feeling estranged from God, wrestling with their doubts and their confusion, trying to understand why life hasn't quite worked out in the way that they hoped that it would. Does that sound familiar? And then the risen Lord Jesus warmly and almost casually joins them and begins to enter the conversation. He sort of chips in and begins to chat about how they're thinking and feeling. And do they recognize him? No. So they have to take a risk. They have to respond to this strangely disarming, warm man. And they have to share their hearts with him. And they end up telling him what they're truly thinking and how they're truly feeling. Jesus responds with this passionate, voice of hope. He says, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. It's a powerful voice of faith, a voice that is able to shake them out of their grief. And then he begins to piece together 
bit by bit, their previously disjointed picture of the purposes of God in the gospel. And the penny drops. They get it. These two believe. And faith erupts in their hearts like they've been set on fire as Jesus shares that the Messiah must suffer and die and enter his glory. Verse 32 says, Did not our hearts burn within us while we were on the road with him? What a great description of what faith does in the heart of a human being. What kind of Jesus do you need? He lifts their despair. Hope begins to rise. Fear begins to evaporate. Their minds have been enlightened by the truth. And yet, do they know who they're travelling with? No. They still haven't recognised him. So, what happens? When they reach their destination, Jesus insisted that he was their risen Lord. No? I'll try again. When they reached their destination, Jesus said, Seeing as I have helped you so much, perhaps you could invite me in. No? I'll try again. When they reached their destination, Jesus politely acted as though he was going on further. The risen, glorified Christ is polite, he was gracious. He acted as though he was going further. He was content to bless them and move on if that was all they wanted. He wasn't presumptuous or pushy. You could say he was the perfect gentleman. He helped them because he wanted to help them. He loved them because he loved them, not because he wanted anything from them. There's a lot to learn in that. Yet he was also delighted to take them up on the invitation to come in for deeper fellowship. And what did he do when he sat down to eat with them? Remember, he's fresh out of the tomb. The risen, conquering Christ took bread and served them. He is still happy to lay aside his glory in order to help and bless Ordinary people like these two. So what kind of resurrected Jesus do you need? Something in the simple act of breaking bread lifted a spiritual veil off their eyes. And an even bigger penny dropped. They had a powerful, life-changing encounter with Jesus. And then, as quickly as they recognised him, he's gone. He's gone from their sight. He doesn't allow them to get used to his bodily presence with them. No sooner are their eyes opened, he's whisked away and these two have to proceed by faith and not by sight. They have to go forward only with the conviction that they've received through that brief encounter with Jesus. But it was enough. And in that moment they were forever changed. That brief revelation installed a passion and a conviction that would serve them the rest of their days. It turns out they didn't need more than that brief encounter with him to get up and run and start sharing their story with everybody else. What kind of resurrected Jesus do you need? 
They couldn't stay still, still or silent. They ran back to Jerusalem to share their story. And they find some friends there and they begin to tell their incredible story, beginning with confusion and sorrow, journeying through new understanding which ignites their hearts and sets them on fire. They share their decision to invite Jesus in and how they had an, a personal encounter with Jesus. Enough for them to wholeheartedly believe. And as they speak of their experience, what happens? Jesus shows up. They share their testimony and Jesus shows up at that very moment. Every drawer in the room drops. And Jesus brings substance to their story. And faith erupts again. What kind of Jesus do you need? What kind of resurrected Lord do you need? Do you know what? I think we need this Jesus. I, I don't think we could wish for a more wonderful, risen, eternal Lord and King than the one that we have in the Scriptures. Perhaps a better question for us today is what kind of witnesses does he deserve? Hear his words. Do not be afraid. Keep on speaking and do not stay silent. For the Lord says, I am with you. No one is going to attack and harm you, for I have many people in this city. That is our verse for the year. And I believe today is a great encouragement to keep on speaking and to not stay silent. Amen.